Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The latest from the NBA's boycott. They're deciding to play on. I'm Sierra Goodwill here with Bobby Manning and Jimmy Toscano. It's been a whirlwind couple of days again in the sports world, starting on Wednesday night with the Milwaukee Bucks boycotting their game that led to the postponement of both Wednesday and Thursday night's playoff games. But the playoffs will go on. Do you think this was ultimately the right decision for NBA players and teams to have their draw attention to this message, but ultimately still try and fight for an NBA title? It, de- it depends, because I think there's two sides to this. They wanted to grasp this moment and go out into the world and be able to make an impact on the ground, it felt like, for some. And then others, it felt like, as Jimmy said here, that they wanted to be able to continue to have this platform, this environment to speak out on this. And I think that point got proven here in the amount of attention and the amount of uh, response that both the NBA, the owners, and the media at large took to this. You had much more people asking about the topic at hand. Felt like some owners were rallying and supporting their players, even though they could have done a little bit more to some. And Adam Silver enters the bubble. And that was the key point. They said that he hasn't been around. He hasn't been on the ground there for discussions, for attention to these issues. And he shows up, talks with Giannis, LeBron in the hallways. He's more visible in this environment. And we don't know exactly what changed two teams from wanting to leave the Lakers and Clippers end the season entirely to today, turning around and wanting to continue this. But I'd imagine Silver arriving and giving them some level of assurance and you know commitment maybe of some sort. Uh, that probably put everybody at ease. So it's tough. They might be missing the attention, the gravity of this moment right now. But I think they also understand the amount that they were going to be given up if they just ended the season right now. Yeah, I think it's so difficult this, to say what's the right thing to do. That's kind of what this whole thing is all about. I think the players and not just the, play, not just the players, but just if you're an American citizen, you're confused about what's going on and what's the best way to stop what's going on and you're trying to do the right thing but you just don't know so the players are on one hand you know under the spotlight because they are who they are and they have this you know ability and they have this platform but at the same time they feel like maybe they could help in another way if they weren't you know in this bubble and weren't away from maybe their homes or or, you know areas where they feel they're needed more Um, I think that doing what they're doing 
and I can't say it's the right decision, but I, I, agree, I agree with it. I think it's a good decision. I wouldn't say it's a bad decision. You know, take a couple of days off, um, you know, really, you know, educate yourselves a little bit, keep it in the spotlight, think about what's going on, and then get back out there and continue to use your platform, continue to use the games, whether it's pregame, during the game, postgame, to keep the, um, you know, the spotlight on this, these racial injustices and these insta instances that are happening. Unfortunately, like you're not going to end racism in one day. It's not just going to end on a sunny day in September, right? It's a right. process. It's, it's, it's a, a series of changes and movements. And I hope what doesn't happen is that these players feel like what they're doing, even if it's in the bubble, I hope they don't feel that it's not making an effect on people because it is. And it's not something that you're going to notice overnight, but you can't feel like you're not making, um, you know, a difference because you are and in little changes and us talking about it right now, fans talking about it, wondering if the season's going to go on. I think it's important that the players continue to, um, you know, take it one day at a time and, you know, go from there. And they, they still have a lot of power. They still have a lot of say. And it would be a shame if, in my opinion, if they decided to cancel the season, sure, LeBron James is going to have his platform and maybe he can do his thing. But there's a lot of players that are going to sort of, you know, out of sight, out of mind sort of thing, right? I mean, there's a lot of NBA players that are outside the bubble right now that we're not hearing from, not because they don't care. I'm sure they, they may even be very vocal, but we're just not hearing from them because they, they don't really have that platform That's or that line yeah. to, well, to yeah. get their points across. Based on reports from the meeting last night, I think Jalen Brown pretty much made that exact point. According to reports, he brought up the point in the meeting when they were kind of grappling with whether or not to cancel the postseason. He said, if we go home, are you going to be in the trenches? If we go home, are you going to be on the front lines protesting? What are you, what are we all individually going to be doing actively to make a difference if we leave here? Because if we all just leave here and post on social media, but are sitting in our houses and then we're, we're doing mm -hmm. two wrongs. We're not making a difference and we're not playing basketball with these major platforms that we're given when media has access to us right now on a daily basis. So I think that was really telling because there's no bigger activist right now, in my opinion, than Jalen Brown in the NBA. And you would think he would be the most polarizing in this instance and want to be out in the trenches. And he tweeted, I want to be protesting, but ultimately decided to stay and continue because they can have an impact from the bubble if yep. Adam Silver and the NBA is behind them and doing something else other than Black Lives Matter t-shirts and Black Lives Matter on the court now because clearly more action needs to be taken. So I do think I do think it was a good decision. I still think it's a good decision to boycott two games because look at the national attention it has drawn mm -hmm. across uh, yeah. all professional sports and across the entire nation. Um, but what do you think when they start playing again? How do we need to keep this, how do they need to keep this conversation going and not have the focus automatically shift right back to basketball? They are, they've proven that they're capable of doing it and they are going to be able to keep this message running throughout the press conferences. And we've seen Marcus Smart especially dedicate an entire press conference to Breonna Taylor. And that was where this started to drift in the wrong direction because I remember that press conference distinctly. He started getting questions about the defense and this and that. And he's sitting there and he said, I'm only going to bring up Brianna Taylor in this press conference. And 
he himself said it in the other day's press conference that they tried kneeling, that they tried all these different things, the t-shirts, the commercials, and it didn't work. The attention still shifted to basketball. What they proved this week is that they have the power, they have the pull, and they have the authority over the owners, the teams, and all the power players in these situations that if they feel like this isn't going in the best interest of what they're trying to accomplish, they can put an end to it. They didn't take the extreme right now, but they proved that if things aren't going the way we want it to, if things don't change, we ultimately have the ability to do that. And it was, it, it showed a great amount of restraint, pause to not go all the way in the circumstance. And I think, you know, Sarah, you mentioned what they gained on a number of different fronts. Getting that phone call with the attorney general, with the lieutenant governor of Wisconsin, as the Bucks did, that's huge. I mean, we talk about little victories all the time. That is a Victory. I wouldn't even call that a victory, a little victory, because you're getting the key power players and the change that they want to see in Wisconsin right now on the phone, listening to them and, you know, susceptible to their biggest sporting team in that area. And I think the NBA, once again, sort of paving the way for these other these other leagues that, you know, certainly aren't as vocal anywhere near that. I mean, we saw NHL games happen. We saw baseball games happen with little to not much, you know, acknowledgement of sort of what's going on. And I can see the NBA, you know, right then and there, they're, they're making change, right? Because they're setting the precedent. They're setting the stage for these other leagues. The NFL might be next. I mean, you can't tell me that NFL players aren't seeing what's going, what the NBA is doing and thinking to themselves. Yeah, practice is canceled. And I know players, a lot of players are speaking. I thought Jason McCourty on the Patriots had some very, very thoughtful and important and comments on, on everything going on. If you get a chance to check those out, I'm sure CLNS um, will be talking all about that later. Um, but it, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, for NBA players to feel discouraged for what happened, I totally get that. And we're all discouraged. We all feel awful. But they shouldn't feel like what they're doing isn't having an effect on, on the league, on sports world, on America, and on the, on the, on the world as a whole, because it does. And I think maybe – Sure, this, the rest of this season, let's say it plays out and all those things, the players at that point then have a lot of time to get together and really meet with the owners and meet with the league and say, what is going to change before we agree to play next season, right? So now all of a sudden they continue to hold the, hold the cards. The NBA has always been a superstar league, more than baseball, more than football, more than hockey. So the players have more power uh, in the NBA and making the NBA work than really any other league does. So they, they do have a lot of say and a lot of power. And I hope that they know that because they might not, they might, may not be able to notice it in the bubble that they're living in. But if, if they were to be out in the real world, they, they might know that they do have a real effect on what's going on. And they should I'll be say, proud of that. I'll say this too. You bring up the ownership groups and the teams. They had a chance here to get a great, greater commitment from them that those owners will be meeting later in the day. What they might've given up in this circumstance by saying we're playing, saying we're continuing the playoffs ahead of that meeting is the pressure on the owners in those situations. And you say, Jimmy, they could put pressure on them later, but I wouldn't sure. take, I wouldn't take the fire off the teams because they do have so many more resources, so much more pull, right. so much more money. And I know Chris Mannix today and caught fire for saying they dedicate 300 million. You do have to use context there because 300 million is a tiny percentage of what the league's worth. And they, the players, the people at large, they see that. They understand the context of that, and it needs to be more from the teams. 
And Jimmy, you mentioned how the NBA is constantly on the forefront of these issues. We'd be remiss if we didn't also mention that the WNBA has really been on the forefront Absolutely. as as well as the NBA in taking part in uh, fighting for racial equality. So for more on this developing situation and all of our coverage on the NBA's boycott, you can find it on our website at clnsmedia.com and as always on our YouTube channel at Celtics All Access.